I'd like you to turn to the book of Zechariah chapter 4. The book of Zechariah chapter 4, and if you don't know where Zechariah is, if you know where Matthew is, just go backward two books, and you'll find the book of Zechariah chapter 4. And Zechariah chapter 4 is a chapter, it's a passage that is ministered often, and I've ministered from and often myself many times over the years. But in praying about today's service, I felt the Lord just lead me back to this passage and approach it, approach it from a different angle. Zechariah chapter 4, and this morning, this afternoon, we're going to be beginning with verse 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. And it says, And the angel who talked with me came again and waked me as a man who is wakened out of his sleep and said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have looked, and behold, a candlestick, all of gold, or that is a, a lampstand, a menorah of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps, which are, upon, which are on the top thereof, and, the, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. And so I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, and saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel who talked with me answered and said unto me, Know you not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. And moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, and his hand shall also finish it. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. For who has despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and shall see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel, with those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord which run to and fro through the whole earth. And this afternoon, I want to minister for a few minutes on the subject of the oil is still flowing. The oil is still flowing. Hallelujah. The oil is still flowing. Would you pray with me? Father, we come before you today in the precious, the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we're just so thankful that, Lord, you're such a good God. We thank you for your mercy, for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing that we felt in this camp meeting already. And we ask you, Lord, for your anointing right now. I ask you for your anointing to minister clarity of thought and speech. And, the Lord, your anointing would give understanding of your word. And, God, we say it all today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, in, in, in preparing for this message, I... It, the, in preparation for it, the Lord took me somewhat of a different direction. That can happen sometimes in preparation and prayer. You think that the Lord is taking you one direction, but the Lord can lead you in another direction. As a minister, we always have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And we need to always only say what the Lord gives us to say. I remember years ago, I'll never forget a story I heard from right here on this platform, a minister that used to come to camp meeting. This is 20 years ago. 
and he was a pastor of another church in another state, and, and he said that, uh, he said that he, for a season of time, he, he uh, began to preach a long, he, began, he was preaching long during his services. And he was enjoying it so much that he would preach sometimes for an hour or an hour and 15 minutes. And he, and he just enjoyed it so much that he said, you know what, if 45 minutes is good, then an hour must be better. And he was a great preacher. I mean, a great preacher. And people in the church would tell him, Pastor, we love you. You're a great preacher. And he began to accept that praise. And as a preacher, you got to be careful. And he began to accept that. And he, on Sunday mornings in particular, he would get out. And man, he, he was a great preacher too. He would preach for an hour, sometimes an hour and 15 minutes. And he was just enjoying himself. But one day, his, some of his people came to him, faithful people of his church, people that loved the Lord, people that loved him, people that were faithful in the church, and they came to him and said, Pastor, we love you. you we just love you so much, and we love the word that you're bringing, but you're, you're preaching too long, and you're wearing us out. <laughs> and that shocked the pastor because he thought he, he was just enjoying himself so much. And he went to the Lord in prayer, and he, he said, Lord, I don't know what to do about this. I, I, I'm, really, I'm really enjoying myself preaching for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. And he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, you know what? If you just speak what I tell you to speak, it wouldn't be so long. <laughs> if you just speak what I tell you to speak, it wouldn't be so long. And this afternoon, I just want to speak what the Lord tells me to speak. You know, this passage that we have read today, the Lord showed Zechariah a vision of a lampstand. And that lampstand above that, that same type of lampstand that was in the temple. And above that lampstand, there was a bowl that was full of oil. And that from that bowl of oil, there were seven pipes that went from the bowl of oil to one, one pipe to each of the lamps that was on each branch of the golden menorah. And that bowl, that bowl was supplying oil to the lampstand. And what the Lord was showing the prophet Zechariah was that the oil was flowing to Israel. The oil specifically was flowing to Zerubbabel and those that were working on the temple. You see, they were receiving so much opposition from the enemy. They were receiving opposition from the Samaritans. You can read about it in the book of Ezra. They were receiving opposition, and, 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 and the opposition was strong. And eventually there, there was a decree made by a Persian king by the name of Hystopes, and he made a decree that the work on the temple is to be shut down completely. Completely. And that frustrated, it frustrated the, the workers of Israel. They were already frustrated by the Samaritans. They were, the work was being hindered, and here it was, this decree by Hystopes that said, the work is over. And here it was, Zerubbabel, this young Jewish man that was raised in Babylon, and his name means born in Babylon, Zerubbabel. Here it was, this young Jewish man that was born in Babylon, but God raised him up 
to do such a great work, and that work was to build up the house of God that had been torn down. I'm telling you today, the house of God needs to be built up again. It's been torn down. The temple has been torn down. Worship has been torn down. The gospel has been torn down. But it needs to be preached again. It needs to be built up again. And in this day, God is raising up young, and he's raising up the old to bring the church back to the cross. Hallelujah. Back to the power of the Holy Spirit. Back to the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord showed Zechariah this vision. And in effect, what the Lord was showing Zechariah was again that the oil of the Holy Spirit was flowing. And if the oil of the Holy Spirit was flowing, there was nothing that the enemy could do that could stop the work of God. Mm. And I'm so thankful today on this Thanksgiving day that the oil of the Holy Spirit is still flowing today. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for that. Oh, I'm thankful. The oil is flowing. He hasn't changed. He's still the Savior, Jesus is. He's still the healer. He's still the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. He's still the soon-coming king. Again, he's still the healer. He's still the sanctifier. He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's still pouring out his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Still pouring out his Holy Spirit. Still, the oil is still flowing. I'm so thankful for that. The oil is still flowing. The oil of healing. The oil of gladness. The oil of power. The oil of wisdom. The oil of, of, of victory. The oil is still flowing. Mm. It's still flowing. I'm so thankful that he hasn't changed. Again, the oil is still flowing. And the Lord was showing the prophet Zechariah this great truth that the power of the Holy Spirit was flowing to Israel. And since the oil of the Spirit was flowing to Israel, there was nothing that the enemy could do that could stop what God was doing. And I'm telling you today, the oil is flowing, and there's nothing the enemy can do that can stop. There's nothing the enemy can do that can stop what God's doing. Nothing. Nothing. The Lord said, who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Hallelujah. Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Every mountain that stands in the way of God's work, it's going to become a plain. Because the oil is flowing. The oil's flowing. You know, there are, there are many in the church, it's been this way for, for many years, there's many in the church that would say, that the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit, like we see in the book of Acts, that that, that passed away in the first century. That that passed away with the death of the original apostles back in the first century. What's very interesting is that those who believe such, and it's, again, there are, it's been this way for many years, and it's been that way, it's that way today for so many in the church. They, they don't believe in the Pentecostal working of the Spirit. 
They don't believe that Jesus is still the baptizer with the Spirit and that the gifts of the Spirit are still for today. They don't believe that. They believe it passed away, again, with the first century. But those that believe that, they correctly claim that in the first church, the early church, that God gave them the power of the Spirit in order to take the gospel out to the world of that day. They claim that. That God gave the power of the Spirit in the book of Acts to anoint the apostles to empower them, the early church, to take the gospel to the world of that day. And they correctly claim that. But they unbiblically claim that it passed away with the original apostles. But I have a question for those who believe that it's passed away. Has the Great Commission passed away? Hello? Has the Great Commission passed away? No, the purpose of the church is still the same. We're to take the gospel of Jesus Christ all around the world. (laughs) That's the purpose of the church. One of our main objections is to take the gospel around the world. That hasn't changed. And so since the Great Commission hasn't changed, it means that you and I as the church, we still need the power of the Holy Spirit. We still need the oil of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I mean, this has been burning in me the last several months. We need the oil. I need the oil. I can't make it without the oil. I've been feeling a a desperation in my own spirit. I can't make it without the oil. My family cannot make it without the oil. I don't want to even try to make it without the oil. Without the oil, I can't preach right. Without the oil, we can't worship right. Without the oil, we can't walk right. We can't talk right. We can't do anything right without the oil of the Holy Ghost. But the oil, thank God, is still flowing, hallelujah, to those who believe, to those who are hungry. It's still flowing to those who realize how desperately we're in need of the power of the Holy Spirit. The oil is still flowing. God's still pouring out his Holy Spirit. He said, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and see visions. He said, your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. I tell you, he said, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And you and I are living in the last of the last days. And if there was ever a time you and I needed the power of the Holy Ghost, it's right now. Come on, somebody. It's right now. We need the power. We need the oil. We need the oil. We need the oil. We need the oil. Hallelujah. And he's pouring out the oil. The oil's still flowing. Hallelujah. Oh, the oil's flowing. The oil of healing. It's an oil of gladness for the spirit of heaviness. Mmm. Okay, you, have the, you let the power of the Holy Spirit flow through you, he'll set you free from that, from that insanity attack. Hello, somebody. He'll set your mind free, the oil, because that oil is the oil of gladness. The oil won't make you a dead, dry, religious, sourpuss Christian. 
but the oil will fill you with joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. That's what the oil will do. That's what the oil will do. Glory. This is not a Pentecostal thing. It's a Bible thing. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, says the Lord, in the last days. You and I are living in the last days, and again, he has to stop pouring out the oil. You know, I was raised in a home that was Baptist, and I'm so thankful for my Baptist heritage. And actually, my mother is here. Wave your, wave your hand there, Mom. My mother's here, and I'm so thankful. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here, of course, physically, but spiritually. She raised me up in the fear of the Lord. And as a teenager, I'm chasing a rabbit for a moment, but as a teenager, I had the opportunities, like all do, I had the opportunities to go the wrong direction, and in I had family members that went the wrong direction, the route of drugs and alcohol and those things. But I had some people in my life, and the main one was my mother and I, in which I knew just through observing her life and others that God had put in my life that God was real and that the gospel was real. And the gospel kept me. Hallelujah. He kept me from going the wrong direction. I know we don't give that testimony a lot of time. We like the testimony about God bringing us out of it. But what about the testimony of God keeping you from it? Hello? Hello? Come on, somebody. Has God kept anybody? Has God kept anybody? Hallelujah. Oh, I thank God for the keeping power of the blood of Jesus. Thank God if he brought you out of it. Thank God if he kept you from it. Oh, the same blood that pulls you out is the same blood that keeps you from it. Hallelujah. The reality is he saved us all from the same hell. All from the same sin. And I was raised in a Baptist home, but I thank the Lord when I was six years old, my mother got baptized with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Her and my stepfather got baptized with the Holy Spirit. We started going to a, one, of those, one of those crazy churches. <laughs> I mean, those churches where they speak in other tongues, you know, those crazy people. I mean, those people are crazy. I mean, they're, they're you know, the, the, the stereotype that's out there. I'm certain these, these are the stereotypes that, that those people, those type of people that speak in tongues, when they go to church, they just, they just swing from the chandeliers and scratch at the walls and foam at the mouth. Those are crazy, weird people. But my mother and my stepfather got baptized with the Holy Spirit. They came in contact with a preacher by the name of Jimmy Swaggart over television. And it just fed them. The anointing and the word fed them. That's what the power of God does. That's what the oil does. It feeds you. I said it feeds. It keeps, it keeps the light burning. It keeps the lamp burning. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Burning, burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. 
And they got baptized with the Holy Spirit. We came in, our family came in contact with this ministry. And my, back in, I believe it was 1979, Brother Swaggart held a crusade in the Syracuse War Memorial. And I know my mother was helped as a, as a volunteer working, helping sell them the product. And we were raised, and I was raised in a home that was Baptist that became Spirit-filled. And I've seen both sides of family, family members, and precious family on both sides, my mom and my dad's side, both Baptists, but precious. But I can say I have been Baptist, and now I'm spirit-filled. It's much better being spirit-filled. But there are so many that claim that it's, it's gone. It's just, it's passed away. It's not for us. It's not for us anymore. But the reality of it is this. If the baptism with the Holy Spirit is of the devil or it is of the flesh, then it's the only thing the devil's ever done that's magnified Jesus. It's the only thing that... It's the only thing the devil's ever done or the flesh has ever done that's magnified Jesus. Thank God he's still pouring out his spirit. I know this is common news. This is, I'm preaching to the choir. I know that. But you need to be reminded of it. He's still pouring out his spirit. Because in these last days, there are tens and hundreds of thousands of people that God is going to fill with the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. You either believe it or you don't. I choose to believe that God's going to baptize thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of people with the power of the Holy Spirit. I encourage you today, don't let it become too familiar to you. Don't take the power of the Spirit for granted. Don't take the anointing that you feel in this house for granted. Don't get spoiled by the presence of God. View it as a precious thing. It's a precious thing. The oil is precious. The oil is precious. Because we can't make it without the oil. I said we can't make it without the oil. We can't make it without the oil. And the reason why Jesus died, one of the many reasons why Jesus died is so that the oil could flow to his people. Don't take it for granted. Don't take it as a light thing. It's a precious thing. We need the oil. You know, during the Reformation, God moved in a great and mighty way. During the Reformation, and I love studying church history and men of God like Martin Luther and Ulrich Zwingli and William Tyndale, and the list goes on. Many great men of God that God used to bring about what you and I have today, what we're experiencing today in part. You and I have the Word of God in your hand in part because of what was done during the time of the Reformation. And I thank God for that. But one of the things that the Reformers did is they still held on to some old baggage in some of the doctrine. That always happens. But don't discount the people that God uses just because we can look back and see things we disagree with. Don't throw them out. If you throw them out, you got to throw yourself out. 
But one of the things that they held on to was a, a doctrine, what we, we call today the cessation doctrine. And Augustine developed it and put it into words in the 400s AD, the cessation doctrine that the, and it was the belief that the, 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 the moving of the Holy Spirit, like the church experienced in the early church, the book of Acts, that it had passed away. It was no more. And not only was it no more, but, it, but that it was God's will that it be no more. That it was God's will that it pass away, the moving and operation, the baptism, tongues, all that. It was God's will. But you know, as time went on in the late 1700s, in part through the ministry of John Wesley and his associates, there were men that were associates, men like John Fletcher, who was an associate of John Wesley, who began to believe, and this was a stirring, it was a stirring in the church in the late 1700s, that God still wanted to pour out his spirit. As people began, ministers began to study the book of Acts. For example, again, John Fletcher was one of them. You don't, he's not a common name, but a man that God used many years ago. He believed that God still wanted to pour out his spirit in the last days, that it had not passed away. As time went on, for example, in the 1830s, there was a preacher by the name of Edward Irving in London. He pastored London Presbyterian Church, a Presbyterian church of all things. And his preaching from his own, from his own record, from his own witness, his preaching was dead. His preaching was dry. But Edward Irving in 1824 began to study the book of Acts. Mm. Began to study the book of Acts, and through his study of the book of Acts, he came to three conclusions. He came that the cessation theory was of the devil. Right on that one. He came to the conclusion, number two, that it was not God's will that the operation of the Spirit as seen in the book of Acts pass away, but rather it was God's will for the church to experience the Holy Spirit in the same way the early church did. And number three, he came to this conclusion, that it was because of the church's lack of faith that caused the Holy Spirit to step aside in the second century. That it was not God's will that it passed away. Because when you look at the dark ages, the, the glory days of the Roman Catholic Church, very, very few people ever experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible was not made available to people, to the common people. It was in a language that even most of the priests didn't even understand. We call it the dark ages. I know, I know we're living in the, the last days, and we talk about our day of 2015 being an age of apostasy. But when studying history, I am so thankful I'm living in 2015 and not 1015. At least I have the Word of God in front of me. I can read. And Edward Irving became convinced that God still wanted to pour out his Holy Spirit. And he brought that to his church. And something happened to his preaching. <laughs> All of a sudden, there was a fire in his preaching that he never had before. 
Because he began to tell the people what God did in the book of Acts, he still wants to do it today. He's still the healer. He's still the Savior. And he's still the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. And if you believe, he began to tell his people, this is many, many years ago, back in the 1830s, almost 80 years, 70 years before the Great Azusa Street Revival. He told his people, if we believe, God will pour out his spirit. And for two years, from 1830 to 1832, in London, in Presbyterian Church, God began to pour out his spirit. And people began to get baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. But what happened is the people, the surrounding, they were so entrenched with tradition They were so entrenched, again, with tradition and dead, dry, formal religion that they put the fire out. A fire that God started, they put it out. It wasn't God, it was them. I tell you what's happened in the church today. God hasn't changed. It's the church that has changed. What has happened in the church today is we have put so much effort into being professional. We put so much effort and our money into being relevant, into being, quote, cultural, to being on the cutting edge. Those are buzzwords in the modern church today. Cutting edge, cultural, relevant. We have to be in the cutting edge. We've got to get smoke machines. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. Smoke and mirror. We have to be professional. But get this, we've become so, quote, professional that we've ushered the Holy Spirit out. We don't need him because we can do it on our own. But God told the prophet Zechariah to tell Zerubbabel, and he tells us today, it's not possible. His work in us and through us is not possible by human might. It's not possible by human power. It's only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory. Only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. In studying this passage, I I thought, Lord, this this is wonderful. You're still pouring out his spirit. The oil is still flowing. And this is what God was showing Zerubbabel of old. That lampstand was a type of Israel in this context. That bowl atop of the lampstand in the vision was a type of God as the supplier, as the provider of everything they needed. And that oil of the Spirit, that oil was a type of the power of the Holy Spirit. And again, God was showing Israel of old as they were dealing with all the efforts of the enemy to try to stop the work of God, that the work of God will not be stopped if the oil is flowing. And if you trust me, that's what God was showing them. But in prayer, I said, Lord, I thought, Lord, how does this, I know the word relates to us today, but how does the vision relate to us today of the menorah, the bowl, the pipes, the oil? Of course, the oil speaks of the Holy Spirit even today, the power of the Holy Spirit. And Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 1, John said that the that he saw the seven churches of Asia, which was a type of the church as a whole, as seven lampstands. And so the lampstand is a type of the church today. And that bowl that was above the lampstand is a type of Jesus. 
because it's from him that all the oil flows. Hallelujah. It's from Jesus. He's our source, and the cross is the means. It's very interesting, those, those pipes that, were, that fed from that, from that bowl that was full of oil, which was, again, there was an endless supply of oil in that bowl, just like Jesus. John said of Jesus that God's given him the Spirit without measure. Jesus, in John chapter 1, it tells us that of his fullness we've all received and grace upon grace. You see, in Jesus, there is an unlimited supply of the Holy Spirit. And again, what he did for us at Calvary provides the means for that supply, the Spirit, to be given unto his people if his people will only come, if his people will only believe. In studying it, I saw, I realized that that bowl, the Bible says that the the bowl, that he did not pour from the bowl the oil into the seven lamps. He didn't do that, but he used the seven pipes. Seven feeding tubes, you could say. But you know, for in order for that pipe to go from the bowl to the, each lamp or the lampstand, that bowl had to be pierced. It had to be cut. Seven times a pipe was cut and a, or bowl was cut for that pipe to fit in. Seven times that bowl was pierced for that oil to flow. And it is a type of what Jesus did for us at Calvary. And it's interesting, at Calvary, Jesus, he was pierced. His body was pierced, the Bible says, in seven main ways. The stripes upon his back, number one. The thorns upon his head, number two, that pierced his skin. The Bible says that he was pierced, the nails in both hands, The Bible says that he was pierced in his feet. The Bible says that he was finally pierced in his side. You see, Jesus was pierced at the cross, and his blood, his life flowed out of his body so his life could flow into ours. I said his life flew out, poured out of his, so life could pour into ours so the oil could flow for us today as the church. How is the work of God going to be done in our own lives personally? It's by the oil through what Jesus given through what Jesus did for us at Calvary. He was pierced so you and I could have the oil. How is the work of God going to be done around the earth? It's through the oil, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was pierced so you and I could receive an unending flow of the oil. Singers, musicians, please make your way back. So, they could, so you and I could receive an unending flow of the oil, an unending supply of the oil of the Holy Spirit. Again, it's not God that has changed. It's us that have changed. It's the church as a whole that's moved away. But I'm telling the church today that he's still pouring out the oil. He hasn't changed. He's still pouring out the oil. And some might say, maybe even here today, some might say, you know, well, Brother Bob, I've done too much. 
I've gone too far. I've strayed. I've strayed too far from Jesus. I've, I've sinned too much. But you know what? You can't stray too far away that his hand won't reach you. I said you can't stray too far away that his hand cannot reach to where you are. Even David said, if I make my bed in hell, even there you're there to pull me out of it. And you can't sin enough that the blood of Jesus won't wash you clean of every sin. I love that Surf Pro commercial, I believe it is. Water Restoration, Damage Restoration Company. The commercial comes on and shows all the damage that has been done. And their motto was this, like it never even happened. But you know, that's what the blood of Jesus does. What he does in our life. When it's applied to our life, it's like it never even happened. Stand to your feet today. Hallelujah. Oh, we need the oil of the Holy Spirit. And God is still pouring out his Holy Spirit. The oil is still flowing. Do you believe that today? It's still flowing. It's still flowing. And again, today you might have seen, you might say, well, Brother Bob, you just don't understand. You don't know where I'm at. But hear me again, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. God's hand will reach you and pull you out pull you out of that pit and that oil the oil of the spirit will start flowing again i said it will start flowing again and hear me there's none of us here today that we can say you know what i've already got that i've been there i got it i got all the oil that i need if that's what a person's mindset is if that's what a person's mindset is, then you know what? You ought to be the first one to this altar today. Because every single one of us have a desperate need for the oil. And God is still pouring out the oil of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He's still pouring it out. If you need the oil today, I'm just going to ask you, why don't we just come around these altars and let the Lord refill you with the oil of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah.